Hi, I'm Libby Trickett. This is All That Glitters, a podcast where I sit down with the world's best retired athletes and explore the transition from the bright lights of competition to the real world. Today I sit down with former Queensland Firebird, Katie Walker. Katie Walker is absolutely incredible. Her passion for, for netball is relentless and you only have to be around her to feel that infectious energy. Katie, thank you so much for joining me on my podcast. It's such a pleasure having you because you're just, for me, you, ever since I've met you, you've just been this ray of sunshine and... For those who don't know you and your background, you're uh, an Australian netball player. You played for the Queensland Firebirds for a couple of years mm-hmm. and you now run an incredible boot camp style personal training. Group fitness. Group fitness. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I've been struggling with my words today, so <laughs> <laughs> thank you for helping me. I really appreciate it. That's what I do. <laughs> um, I, I guess to get started... How did you know that it was time to stop playing netball? Yeah, well, interesting one. I know that you do these podcasts for retired athletes and, you know, that transition for, to retirement, but in my mind I still haven't retired. That's, that's, <laughs> like the, that's, that's the funny part because it was funny for me and um, probably a little bit different to, to some retirements in that uh, I didn't actually know my retirement was coming up given that so in 2007 2008 I was lucky enough to play for the Queensland Firebirds as you said and we had one daughter at the time we had Kobe and I was pregnant with Jake at the end of the 2008 season and he was due in January and I had fully intended on coming back straight after that but it wasn't to be I didn't get re-signed so oh. without me really knowing about it I was retired but from that level, anyway, I, I continued on playing. But yeah, it was—it's funny. From that, from that level, it wasn't wasn't a choice, and it certainly wasn't in my plan. But it happened, and um, yeah, it's part of the story. How how old were you when you didn't get re-signed? No, uh, what was I? So two thousand. I was thirty. Mm. Yeah, so I was thirty with our second child. So and so, how did that feel then to not get re-signed, especially when it wasn't what you had in your plans. Oh, it, it was devastating. It was – I still remember the day I found out we were at Hamilton Island on our – we used to go every every two years with big family group and I was heavily pregnant over there and just thought I'd go through it. Through it. You know, I, I kept myself in really good shape when mm. I was, was pregnant. I was fortunate enough to be able to keep exercising and, you know, the phone calls were going around. Have you had your phone call yet? Have you had – and it was getting sort of towards the end of the week and I hadn't had – my phone call and I thought, you know, you start to get that sick feeling in your stomach like, mm. oh, this might not be good. And um, sure enough, I didn't get the phone call and all the spots were taken and, um, yeah, I sort of found out by not finding out was how I initially found out about it. It was, <sighs> it, was, it, was it was devastating. But, but, you know, I've probably never really tried to think about it like that. It's, and, I mean, it happens a lot with team sports not everyone gets the fairy tale ending mm. and a lot of the time you're retired without you knowing you don't get the tap on the shoulder to, to make that choice so I'm certainly never been bitter or twisted about it and for me I mean we had a baby coming mm. so you know it's it was very hard to feel totally disappointed because I had such joy at the end of that as well gutted because I didn't see it coming and it wasn't what I wanted mm. but at the same time we were blessed with what was coming up. So, yeah. So. I mean, it's an incredible perspective that you have on it, which is just, I mean, that's just who you are as a, as a person. But I can imagine that it must have been, I don't know, it just seems so brutal. Like not even to get a phone call to say, hey, 
we're going in a different direction. Like it is, it was. <laughs> it, it's it's shocking. <laughs> you know, Nepal has never been great at that. I mm. must admit, but I, I I mean, I'm married to Shane, my husband Shane. He's a footballer. He played in the NRL for 12 years, so it's. It's not uncommon. So, so it's you, the same in foot. Yeah, well. it's brutal. Well, yeah, I mean, theirs is all through managers and the girls are now, they all have managers, so it's it's handled a little bit differently. But sometimes it's it's a numbers game mm. and, and when you, you're seeing other people getting signed around you, it, you don't have to be, you know, a genius to, to do the math and go, I think I've been left out here. And it was, it was really hard and particularly for me too because you start asking those questions. Is it because I'm having... A baby is yeah. that the reason? And at the time, I was the only mother in the comp. It's not like it is wow. now. So, it um, you know that was the choice we made. And like I said, I felt very grateful for that. And I was lucky enough that I had a body that allowed me to do mm. that. But it, it was very, very different. And you start asking those questions. You know, should you know what if I wasn't pregnant, would I have got resigned? But you just go mad asking yourself those questions. So it was brutal. It was brutal for a lot of reasons because yeah. I, that wasn't my plan but um you know like I said Jake came along and it was and it was all good and um yeah I chose not to be bitter about it because bitter is ugly I don't want to be like that yeah I mean it is a choice it's a choice that you have to make every day to look at things in a certain way what does that come from for you because I I mean I didn't get selected on a on a relay spot (laughs) I was bitter and twisted for years on it I've probably only just processed that now do you want to talk about it I will have to. um, We're on the couch, so we may as well talk about that. I'm just kidding. Um, This is about you because I want to understand your your mindset. Like how do you process or or did you have support systems in place? Like did did Netball reach out to you and talk to you or was it kind of like you didn't get resigned, see you later? Um, I think all your fellow netballers are probably your greatest. It's it's tough being a coach now myself. It's a really tough position. There's a lot of people making a lot of a lot of decisions, and I understand that side. And I always did then as well. Um, that my playing group was unbelievable, and and I do think that is in with anything in my life that has been challenging. It is the the support of the people around you that mm. that get you through it. Shane's unbelievable. I have an amazing family. My mum's outstanding. Shane's family. But the netball girls, you know, the reason why you play mm. is – we're huge, you know, and that's that means a lot, you know. It's – it's um, they certainly got me through that. They were all gutted for me as well and, um, you know, but you have to go on to support them. Everyone's mm. time comes to an end and it, that was my time at that level then. And, and you know, I, I often think if I had have chosen the bitter route, maybe I wouldn't be there now. You know, like maybe if I had have, you know, thrown all my toys out of the cot I wouldn't be given these opportunities that I've been so blessed with in these last few years in the coaching ranks. So, you know, there's always a silver lining and, and that's a good way for me to look at it. Well, I was going to talk to you about that because you've been involved in netball for something like 37? Yeah, yeah I was five when I started playing. I'm 43 now, so. What is netball to you? What, like, what does it mean to <sighs> you? Uh, what, what does it mean to be having been a player and coach and umpire and commentator like you've done everything in the sport like what what is what makes you so passionate about it yeah it's I love it I do I, I've always loved it the very first day I put on a dress a skirt was one of the old pleated ones that were a torture to iron as I'm sure all the mums can <laughs> attest to and grandmothers can attest to I filled in for my sister's team when I was five and I could you know barely reach anyone's armpits and I, I still remember you know they say you can't remember 
things that are said and, and, and exact details, but you remember how things made you feel. Mm. And I absolutely – and my memory is shocking. It's so bad that I remember – playing up at the top netball court at McGregor Netball Association. I remember running on there. I remember running off and going, this is what I want to do. Wow. It was it was like, I don't know, working with people to achieve things is my passion. Like I'm absolutely passionate about that. I love working together with others mm. to show them what they're capable of, to, to push me and challenge me. And it just gives me a rush and, and – Netball taught me that. It taught me about working with other people and, you know, accepting people for who they are, even though we're all very different. It just, it taught me more life lessons than I could ever, you know, ever explain in, in our little chat here. But, and, and I'm sure many people can attest to that. I mean, yeah, it doesn't matter what level you play. Mm. If you play a team sport in particular, you know, the mateship and the, and the, and the hard, hard knocks and what you learn from them, the resilience you get. It's priceless, mm. and that's why our kids will always be involved in team sport. Mm. It's just it's it's invaluable. I was going to ask that because you've you've had four kids, and your oldest Kobe is quite the runner, um, which is obviously an individual sport. But do you want your kids to go into team sports more so, or? It's funny because I've been thinking about that a lot lately. That has always been our rule in our house. We don't mind what sport you play, but it's got to be it's got to be involved in a team sport mm. and. Our other rule is that we want you to do whatever makes you happy. Mm-hmm. And so for Kobe, she was in netball. That's our eldest daughter. She's just turned 15 and she loved netball for a long time and then just she found running and hates netball with a passion. Like, wow. I just hates it because mm. she, she was like high-fiving herself at a last game of club this year, driving home and because she found this love of running. And I thought, do I, am I okay with this? Not because of the netball. I don't, I don't mind that she doesn't play netball, but athletics is an individual sport. Yeah. But – you would know better than any living. There is no such thing as an individual sport. Like it takes no. it takes a team of people to but, to make her great. But I do have to say, I I wonder if there are just personalities that are either individual athletes or team athletes. Because I one hundred percent was not a team athlete. Yeah, right. Like when I played netball, I played for one year in school. And I wasn't put as centre, which really pissed me off because I couldn't go all over the court. <laughs> I was like, I need to go all over the court. So I got the next best thing, which was wing attack. And I sucked. Like I wasn't good at netball at all. But when other people dropped the ball, that really pissed me off. <laughs> I'm like, you just dropped the ball. You ruined it for everyone. Whereas if I dropped the ball, I'm like, it's okay. I can do better. I know I can make it better because I was in control. (laughs) It's a control thing. Um, So I I do wonder if it's it's a personality and it's just in you whether you're going to be an individual athlete or a team athlete. But I I 100% agree you're not an individual athlete. You have a team around you. You have your coaches, sports science, your psychologist, your nutritionist, all those sorts of things. Yeah, well – I think that's how I'm coping with it right now. Because <laughs> like that's what you're but, telling myself. That's right. But I also think she was in netball long enough to learn those things that we love about being in a team anyhow. So she's mm. been able to make that choice, you know. She's also very good at running and I'm not going to deny her of that. Like yes. I said, it, it brings her joy. Like the joy when she runs, I would never take that away from her. So I'm happy for her to pursue that and the boys, whatever they choose to do. It's um, Fortunately, they love team sports, so that's yep. good. And um, Do they love their footy or do they? They're all different. Yeah, yeah they um, they all play league, but then Jake plays league in AFL. He's our eldest boy. And Fletch plays soccer league and he's just started AFL. Ned, he's mad. He's our eight-year-old. He's got his own TikTok. Just look him up. He's 
thinks he's a TikTok star. Netty, I don't want to know what it is. Big man, 13 or so. Big Netty, that's what he is. He thinks he's viral. That's crazy. He's a madman and he plays league so, and he will only play league. He doesn't understand life outside of what people say, what are you going to do? Everything revolves around, like, I'm going to play NRL and then I might be a builder. Like, wow. he does not have any other plan for his life. So, fingers crossed because he's Well, got- it sounds like you. Yeah, well, isn't that funny? I'm a big believer of, you know, I don't have vision boards or anything, but there's things in my life and and life that I just knew were going to happen. And Firebirds was one of those things. And, and, you know, it took me a long time to get there. I I missed more teams than I made. And I'm a bit like you. I've always been really internally driven Mm. to work hard. I love working hard and I love a challenge. So in some strange, deranged sort of way, the harder it was, the more I enjoyed it. Yeah. Took me a long time to get it, but I knew it. I just knew it was going to happen. I just knew, even though I wasn't the best netballer, I, I knew my hard work would eventually get me get me there. So, mm. if that's if he's got the same mindset and that works for him, well, awesome. You know, we'll be there to support him on it. But you know, I do think you have to throw things out to the world and give yourself the best opportunity to get them with a lot of hard work as well. Yeah, I was just going to say it, it's having that goal or that vision or that dream. Is great, but it's the hard work that really gets you to that that point in life. So when you didn't get um, re-signed, obviously you you were having a baby, so that would have taken up a lot of your mind space during that sort of early transition period. How did you work out what you wanted to do? Were you already working on things while you were playing netball or did you have to go through a whole tumultuous time of working out who you wanted to be outside of Yeah, it's funny. I've sort of just been someone that's always rolled with the punches and knew that I'd land on my feet or that it'd all be okay. I think that maybe probably comes from being quite positive and not worrying about it. And as you said before, I've always been really well supported and felt confident in, Mm. in what I could do. So although I wasn't you know, I didn't have a grand plan. I wasn't worried either. I did have the baby coming up, but I had intended on playing netball, which I did. I was back very shortly after having Jake, I think. I had him in December and I was back playing, back training in February. So it was no, I was very lucky like that. I kept playing at the next level underneath that. And I worked at the district court sort of just to pay some bills once I went. I was good to go back from work. But in the meantime, I was always training people because of my love of fitness and, and being well and fit and strong, people would say, can you train with me or can you – so I used to do that for fun. And a few years later in 2015 I was still playing netball, you know, with – I always did still hope I'd get the tap back on the shoulder when the coach changed. Like I I never stopped dreaming that I could come back to that. Um, It didn't happen and that was okay because I had amazing years playing for the Queen of Leagues Tigers. That was – some of my best years were in those years as well. But – I was due to go back to work for maternity leave, I think, from, from Ned. And I'd been training this group of women for for a little while and um, I said, I'm not going to be able to do it anymore because I've got to go back to work. And they were mortified. I was like, <laughs> How dare you? What are we meant to do? We can't <laughs> exercise on our own. <laughs> I was like, yes, you can. You know, I'm surely you've learnt lots of stuff. They said, no. Yeah, and it got me thinking, well, because mm. I always had this thought, I can't charge people to train them like this. It's a gift and yeah. it comes so easily and I love it and, and it makes fun. and it makes me happy. You yeah. know? How could I actually charge for that? And they said, you'd be doing us a favour. So I went and did all my, my cert, two, cert 3 and Cert 4 and made sure I was up to speed with everything I needed to be and started my business body be ready. So it's funny, I, although I didn't have a plan from that point, I just kept chipping, I kept working hard, I kept doing the things that made me happy, which was playing netball, exercising, 
being around people, helping them mm. and doing those things while still working part-time so I could contribute to, <laughs> to, to our bills and things as well. Yeah. So, and, just, and just believing that things would work out. And that. I love that though. I love that perspective where you are following things that you enjoy rather than kind of looking at looking for a career. You've just followed your gut and what makes you happy and that's ended in something that you can earn money from. Yeah, well, isn't it crazy where life leads you? And I, and I do, I feel very, I, you know, gratitude is huge for me um, and I think that's where a lot of the positivity comes from mm-hmm. is I always feel grateful for, for people and things and, you know, gifts we've been given in our life. But coaching is a perfect example for that for me. You know, you get asked all the time, you know, do you want to be a head coach? And I'm like, I, I didn't even – you know, seek this job out, I, I'm the kind of person that when I get something comes up, I make the best of that. I give you all of me in that particular role. I don't think about where things lead to. I, I prefer to just add value to wherever I am in that time and um, hopefully, you know, people get things around and I can add value to whatever environment I'm in because I think sometimes we get too caught up in thinking too far ahead and things yeah. change. And I mean, I hate using the word agile, but, you know, obviously through the pandemic that's yeah. – We've had to be, you have to be able to, you know, move on to different things and refocus in different areas. And fortunately for me, that's my personality. I've, um, maybe four kids did that. You yeah. know, maybe I wasn't always <laughs> like that, to be honest. So if, you know, any of your listeners are thinking, I'm, you know, we all, I was not always like that. Mm. I used to be, especially when I had one and two kids, I was very structured. Mm. But after that, everything went out the, went out the door <laughs> of survival. And, you know, you do learn to just be a bit more spontaneous with things. It's still very driven and I set a lot, I set, loose goals in my mm. head for me personally, not so much career-wise because I just, you know, like I said, so long as I'm involved in things I really enjoy, I, you know, I'll see you know, hopefully some opportunities come from that. But I do think we get too hell-bent sometimes on on big picture instead of just enjoying the sort of the ride along the way and, and yeah. having some faith in what might, what, what might be. I find that interesting because coming from being an athlete, I imagine you had kind of very clear – goals and things like levels that you had to reach with fitness or especially being selected for team sports I assume you have to reach certain levels of fitness and strength or or whatever it looks like so do you find now that you're not in that sort of high performance environment as an athlete it's a little less around that like you kind of have a loose goal and then you're kind of flexible and you with my own yeah it's it's funny it's um I'm still really driven in that way. I think because my job is, it, you know, helping other people achieve things and I like practising what I preach. So mm. I like being in both my Body Be Ready environment and at Firebirds as well. So, I, And I think it's really important whether you're in high performance, you know, environments like that or not. I think we should all set ourselves little goals mm. and even if I just relate it to fitness, it's such a great way to keep yourself motivated and that goal can be anything like it doesn't it can be you know we we did a program not so long ago where they had to send me their goals and for some people it's doing one proper push-up and or mm. one chin-up like it is amazing if you set yourself something like that how on task that can keep you so yes. for me I do have loose goals but sometimes they just pop out of nowhere like yeah. for example last week I had to Kobe trains down at Sheldon and it's a two-hour session so it's too far to go down there and come all the way back so you, we Shane or I, depending on who takes or normally go to the gym or go for a run or whatever. I was bored of running on my own. So I thought, I'll find the nearest park run. 
and I'll go and smash that out and see yeah. how I go and see what sort of time I can do for 5K. It was amazing how motivating that was. Mm. Just And after that, I've got a bit of a bug back for running again, yeah. which is I do a lot of running, but in terms of running a bit quicker, it's made me go, I want to be better at that again. You know, yeah. I, I want to get faster and I want to get stronger. So, yeah, I do set myself goals and I think it's really important because we get older and particularly for mothers, but men too, you think that that, is your life then that you're no longer, especially physical fitness goals, I think that happens more often than not, everything else becomes a priority and we think that, you know, that those years are beyond us. But goals, you know, you're never too old for goals. It's always been something that's kept me going and, and without them knowing it and you knowing it, your kids are absorbing all of that, mm. you know. It, it's an amazing thing you can do for them as well. So it's good for them to see mum and dad or... Uncle and Annie or Grandma and Grand, whoever it is, those kids around you looking up to you going, you know, that's just a normal part and I want to keep pushing myself as well. So that's been a really big driver. Yeah, well, I mean, that's modelling, right? It's modelling that behaviour and the joy that you can get in achieving something that, you know, maybe not be at the highest level but to, to just do a park run Absolutely. or to do a chin-up or whatever it yeah, is. And, and it doesn't cost you anything. Mm. Like it costs you nothing and it doesn't matter what it is. It just, yeah, that sense of achievement, you'll never lose that. You'll mm. never lose the desire to do that or the feeling you get when you do it. Because I was going to ask you about that because that's kind of the motto of your business, Body Be Ready, is like chase that feeling yeah. and winning the day. Because <laughs> I've trained with you so much over the last kind of year, I guess. Yeah, yeah so. at least, yeah. yeah. But I just, you have the most amazingly motivating presence in that group and that's just what has absolutely drawn me to your and and the wonderful community of women and sometimes men <laughs> it's yeah. not all women but yeah it's a it's a really lovely cheering like just to support other women who might be coming back from having babies who might be you know well past it and have teenagers what motivates you to get up every morning because their early morning starts most of the time what motivates you to get up and and help those people is it just something that is has been in your nature or is there something that really attracts you to that I have always been like that it's always it, it really I, it upsets me when people think they can't do things you mm. know and it's oh, I mean I love early mornings I've learned but there are mornings where I lay in bed and go oh god especially winter at five o'clock in the morning or ten and to five. And because the group is crazy like you like everyone trains even when it's raining if it's <laughs> boiling hot if it's pitch black like everyone is there ready to go and I, like I can only attribute that to you because oh. you are incredibly motivational. Oh well firstly thank you for all those <laughs> lovely kind words it feels very nice um but yeah I, I I so often hear something to that effect but I cannot tell you how much the group does the same thing for me. Like mm. it's that's what keeps me going. Like you guys inspire me as well, all those amazing men and women. And, you know, everybody has a story. We mm. all have a story. And I love I love seeing people achieve things, especially when they thought they couldn't. Mm. I also what I do love about group environments, whether it be mine or anyone else's, is that or ours, should I say, not mine, our environment at Body Be Ready is everyone wants to belong to something. Mm. It, it 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 is it is so necessary to be happy mm. is to feel like you belong to something and that's what I'm proudest of at Body Be Ready is yes people have kicked physical goals all over the place and that is outstanding and should be celebrated but when I sit back and watch ladies swap numbers and you know see photos on Instagram they've caught up I, I, 
I can't tell you what that does for me in terms of forming those connections. It's, you know, I just, I like happiness in the littlest of things like that and I just, that like that sense of belonging is what we all need. Whether you're two years old or you're 70 years old, everybody wants to belong to something. Well, it's that connection with your community and I have to say that the reason this podcast exists was because of one of your sessions. It was oh. my very first run club session and Sarah from those two girls. I love her. Yeah. Legend. Legend. Was there and we were chatting and because we were both – at the time, I mean, she's incredibly fit running-wise now because she's training to do a 25K run. She, she and I were at the back talking, chatting about life and radio stuff and she had started her podcast. And, yeah, we started talking about, like, how I wanted to start a podcast and I'd even started recording three years ago and that never kind of went anywhere. And she, kept, she was like, you know what you should do a podcast about? You should do a podcast about athletes transitioning Amazing. into retirement. Amazing. I'm like, oh, my God, you're right. That's exactly what I should do. So the whole reason this podcast exists is because of one of your sessions. Oh, well, that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I mean. Like, it, like, it doesn't matter whether it's there or anyone else. When you're in a group of people like that, great things happen. You know, really good things happen from it. And that's what motivates me. That's what inspires me is that I know that people come, you can – Forget about the world and all your woes for a little while. And although exercise doesn't fix your problems, mm. you're certainly more well-equipped to deal with them mm. when you feel good about yourself. Yeah. And that's what I love about it. I love being able to be some small part of people feeling like that. And I think that's that's really rewarding yeah. for me. And, um, you know, I'm very grateful that I get to do that. Yeah. It's, um, it's something that is incredibly Important. And you started to touch on how netball – oh, I think this was before we even started recording, but how netball has a men's section now and, you know, the development professionally of netball over the last probably couple of decades has been remarkable. You know, it's on free-to-air TV now. It's, yeah, it's it's like what, what are you most proud of seeing netball grow and develop over time? What What's something that stands out for you there? Oh. So much. I mean, it has really come so far and I do really love that about how inclusive netball is now. It's so very important. I love seeing that recognition of those before us through that's that's probably been a really big thing is we've learned a lot about the history of the game as mm. the years have gone on and really, you know, they say with a lot of sports you stand on the shoulder of giants and yeah. netball is really celebrating that now and I really love that. I love what we're trying to do in, t- in that inclusive space Across the board, as you said, um, it's come a long way. We've still got a long way to go. We've yeah. still got a long way to go. But I, I really feel like netball is is providing great opportunities for a lot more people these days and, and we've got to keep working at it. Where where would you like to see netball go in the future then? Oh, Olympics 2032 yeah. is what we're all hoping for. That's, that would <laughs> You'll be make it come back. <laughs> yeah, Not that you're officially retired. Here though. if you need, guys. <laughs> still. I'm, I'm still ready for my tap on the shoulder. <laughs> Never too old for goals. Remember, I told you that. Hell no. Well, I keep saying that I'm going to make a comeback as well. I'll be 47. I feel like I'll still have a good 50 freestyle. You're all power, Lib. I'm all power. power. Just thrash that stuff out. (laughs) 23 seconds. It's nothing. Um, Yeah, so you'd like to see the – Yeah. yeah. I think that's what we're really pushing for at the Mm. moment. A lot of us are perplexed as to why it isn't there yet, but, you know, that's – it's – it's a big push for a lot of a lot of people in netball and we'd all love to see it there. So fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. That's amazing. So you talked about, you know, sport 
and fitness being uh, a huge part. Like, do you still play netball? I don't, but only because – so I was playing when I got job as uh, – I was assistant coach of the Firebirds in 2019. Yeah. I was lucky enough, out of the blue, Rosalie Jenke offered me that wonderful opportunity to be assistant coach with her in, in 2019. And um, I was playing that year, had intended to play, but when we, I saw the schedule, it was – a little bit hectic with the kids and with body be ready and everything else and I also didn't want to blur the lines for the players either I thought I don't want them thinking whilst I'm there I'm not fully invested in them and I'm but still you. concentrating on my own career so or you know my own team that's um, that was really important for me yeah, that was tough mm. that was tough because I, I miss it terribly but and I get asked all the time do you miss playing it's like luckily the firebirds provide me with that same rush you know yeah. that these girls are unbelievable athletes and humans and uh, all the staff I work with are amazing too. So being around them really gives me that same high that I got from playing. But I won't lie, there's some days where I just wish I was out there. But I'm also equally excited watching and supporting them and helping them be the amazing athletes they are. It must be quite the transition to go from athlete to coaching. Yeah, so quickly too. Like that was – my coaching sort of was the opposite of my playing career in terms of it took me so long, you know, with playing. I chipped away and then all of a sudden I was was really fortunate to get that that job that year and, um, you know, you can look at it any way you want. I'm going to look at it as though I'd – I've given a large part of my life to netball Mm. and although I didn't go through the regular pathways, it's just proof. And we say it to young players all the time, everyone's story is different as to how they get to to their pathway. What do you mean you didn't go through the regular pathways? Oh, with coaching, it's in any sport, you know, I find it a lot, you know, there's certain accreditations and things, which I have those, That's but it's more, you know, the old do your time in certain roles and coach this team and then mm. coach this team and go – and I didn't I didn't do that because I was still playing. So oh. it um, I was thrust into the coaching ranks. But in that argument, I mean, I was a senior player and, and captain of, you know, for eight years of the, yeah. uh, at that time. I'm pretty much out there. You know, and, but that, that was – that was – a tough transition for me to convince myself of that at the beginning too. Say. Like, you know, to, to Shane had to reassure me many times, darling, you deserve to be there. You know, yeah. it's, it's, there is no, you know, you were chosen for a reason. And, yeah. and it took me a long time to be okay with that mm. and to be, to actually feel like I deserved the opportunity. And Rose was amazing as were all the staff and the players were unbelievable in making me feel like that. They were my own thoughts mm. and they came from nowhere else. So that was that was a work in progress at the beginning, you know, worrying about what people would say, you know, like, oh, God, how did she get that? Isn't it, it's terrible, isn't yes. it? But I think that's human but nature. But that's where so, we go to. Yeah, like, oh, God, what a pe-. And then I've got to a point where I'm like, I've, no, I've worked damn hard for this and yeah. I know my stuff and I know what I bring to the table. And, you know, you still have your moments of doubt, as we all do. No one walks around, I don't think, thinking they're – you know, all that all the time, mm. but I just have to reassure myself that, you know, I know what I'm doing and, and, and I'm here for a reason and, and make sure I, I stay true to that. But I think that's refreshing for people to hear, especially anyone who knows you. You are boundless with your enthusiasm to know that you also question whether you deserve a certain opportunity. And you're right, like you've worked your ass off for most of your life in netball, so you absolutely deserve to have the opportunity to work as a coach. And I'm sure, you know, all of the athletes I'm sure would attest to your credentials. So, but it's funny how we just go there. I know. It's terrible, isn't it? Mm. And, you know, I was only talking to the girls the other day. We were talking about a lot of different stuff and we constantly try and figure out this whole balance of 
who we are and where we fit in and where yeah. we feel safe and comfortable. And, you know, it's a really big thing. I sat there thinking, no one ever has their shit all the way together. Like, no. never. Like, there is no one Mm-mm. that no matter how confident we may seem and how much you look at someone else's life and they think you, yeah, they look like everything is, is roses. No one all day, every day has their shit together. Mm. Like it's, you know, we all have moments of doubts and we all have moments of could I have done that better and mm. do I need to be something else for someone? Like we all have those. Mm. But you just got to keep bringing yourself back to, to who you are and, and remind yourself of what good you bring, to, especially to the people around you, you know, like, you know, as a mother for me and mm. as a coach and, you know, just reassure myself that, you know, it's I am doing a good job and, yeah. you know that it's okay to, to, to struggle with things or to have little bits of self-doubt every now and then. But yeah. Quickly, quickly slap that around. Yeah, it's it's refocusing on the stuff that you can control, which is your mind, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something I've always wanted to ask you since I've known you, four kids. Mm. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> Was it an accident? <laughs> Do you get that a lot? I do. And they were also all born in the off-season. So, ah. so I never missed one season of netball. From, really from celebrated well. Yeah, I know. It was good. Although they were all, so funnily enough, they were all premature, seven weeks premature. So, no way. Yeah, so we have four premier babies, which wow. is yeah, crazy. So it ended up working out well, but at the time it was obviously extremely stressful. Oh, and, I can and, imagine. Yeah, but um, it is. It's a lot, but we wanted six. Oh, you know, what? Yeah, we had a few, you know, a few sad losses in there as oh, well, which is, oh, it's okay, it happens, but we were gifted with four beauties and, mm. um, you know, that's what we choose to focus on and they are little rippers. It's There's never a dull moment. It's I feel sorry for our neighbours <laughs> and uh, it's, it's chaos. I think <laughs> my brother, funnily enough, John, is beautiful, beautiful boy. He, um, man, I should say, he'll always be a boy because he's my younger brother. Yeah. When we were having, we had three and I said, you know, they used to help us a lot because we were both in the thick of footy and netball because mm. Shane's a coach as well, in the, the thick of everything. And we had three and I said to him, you know, at a family function, you know, we're thinking about having a fourth. We just want to make sure everyone's okay because – We know, get a we lot of help you. from you. Everyone. Johnny said, I'm out. I'm sorry. I've, <laughs> I've, I've reached my limit. So <laughs> – I've Baby. reached my limit yeah. for your kids. He was so honest. He said, no, nah, I'm sorry, I can't do four. So there was no babysitting for Johnny for the four of them. But um, it's, um, it's a lot, but it's, mm. they're, they're amazing. Because I was going to ask that because it, I think when you do start to have kind of more than one or two kids, it, it really becomes a village that you need to be able to ask for help and to yeah. get that support and that, I don't know, yeah, that I kind of – buy-in I guess yeah. from those around absolutely. you absolutely and and I think too though I mean your life changes once you have one like everyone says what was the hardest one to two two to three zero, zero to, to one hundred percent like, the hardest like I had no idea what I was doing mm-hmm. Shane was had less of an idea what we, he was doing so it was like to, to, we're looking at Kobe going oh my god you know like so you have no clue once you've had one your life is adjusted like mm. you you've given up all the stuff that you um maybe <laughs> you've used given to up love. on everything yeah you, you have to make those adjustments <laughs> yeah. so it's one four honestly once it's um once you have children as so many will know it's it's different yeah it's it's I really didn't find four any other other than logistically yes it's was you know life is challenging with children and yeah. it's and it's, it's it's beautiful and it's amazing and it's all those things but it doesn't matter how many you have it's a juggle and yeah. um yeah it's 
we go okay, but the support network we couldn't have done it without without mm. the village of people. And still to this day, there's a lot of Fletch, probably our third child. He probably some some people at soccer, I think, probably think he doesn't have parents. Which is, <laughs> oops, because he always he's turns a middle up, child. <laughs> he always turns up with someone else's family. It's like, <laughs> he's actually got a different name at soccer. That's Poppins, and we don't even call him that. So if I say Fletch at soccer, when I've met people, they're like, "Who's Fletch?" I'm like, <laughs> That's my, son? that's my son. Oh no, that's Poppins. Oh God, he's got Poppins. a whole other life at soccer. That's what happens when we're not here. So, so but you become okay with that too. You yeah, know, we're all just doing our best, aren't we, as parents? And yeah. um, we love them. And they know what they that we love them, and you know we just try to be the best we can be with them. Yeah, I love that so much. I'm I'm the, actually the fourth of four. So oh, are you? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know how crazy <laughs> a big family can be but how good is it it's great it, yeah. it is great and it's yeah it's joyful like there's a lot yeah. <laughs> it's a lot at times and I remember my oldest poppy she gets a bit overwhelmed from time to time with all the noise because <laughs> she's a bit of a sensitive soul um but like the uh, the noise is quite heartwarming now yeah. Like it's overwhelming at first. Yeah. <laughs> when they yeah. start screaming and yelling at each other. But um for the most part, yeah, the the more the merrier kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean if you're lucky enough to, you'd yeah, be crazy not well. to think about it any other way, aren't yeah. you? Like I'll certainly never complain mm. about having a circus of a yes. home life because we are so bloody lucky. Yeah. You know, and um I try and remind myself of those moments when I'm screaming like a banshee. This is a gift, this is a gift, this is a gift. I'm I so am grateful. <laughs> Thankful for this moment. (laughs) So funny. Um, Do you feel, because I mean, you started to touch on it with Fletch and maybe not having parents that people are aware of at soccer, but do you feel that mum guilt when you, you know, you're obviously very committed and very passionate about your work, but, you know, do you feel that mum guilt that a lot of women feel when they're sort of, you know, committed to their careers. Yeah, I do. I've felt it less and less mm. as as the years have gone on because you just can't. You just you just can't live like that. Like, doesn't mean it, it's like me saying kind of your stuff together all the time. The same as the guilt thing. Every now and then you'll have moments where you're like, oh god, you know, am I spending enough time with Ned or you know those little things? But not. I try not to. Like, I love our kids seeing us achieve things. I love mm. seeing the reward for for giving yourself to things outside of yourself. And I think for Shane and I, we're both the things we do give our time to are so much about helping other people if that's mm. what I'm missing out for with the kids. I'm I'm okay with that. You know, I, I really and I have to be okay with that. It's um Well you're being good people in your community. Well, we hope so. And that's yeah. not what I don't wake up every day and go, how am I gonna be a better person? <laughs> I'm in gonna community. be a good person but, in my community. <laughs> but fortunately that is what makes me happy. So mm. and, and so if I do have a moment of guilt you remind I, I try and remind myself of that because it's not – and we have a thing at Body Be Ready, like when people say sorry, so we have a rule of there's no sorries at BBR mm. because as parents you're forever feeling sorry for something. Yeah. And it's just you shouldn't feel sorry for coming trying to do something for yourself to make yourself a better human and a better mother and a better partner or, you know, daughter, whatever you are. You don't have to be sorry for giving 40 minutes of your own time to mm. feel good about yourself. You're a better person in the world, I think. When you when you do take the time to do those things, self care isn't selfish, as they say. Absolutely not. Yeah, you know, it's um, yeah. I'm not. I don't escape guilt, but actually, a beautiful friend of ours who goes to Body Be Ready, Tonya, 
once told me when she said, when you turn 40, something happens and you, you change. You, you, you know who your friends are. You know who you are. A lot of the guilt goes away because it's, this is me. And I, and I was like, oh, really? And that was years, like I might have been 36 or so when I met. And when I, it's, that is really rings true for me. And I don't want people to have to wait till they're 40 to get Ooh. there, but Well, I was going to say, like, I hit 35 and I kind of yeah, <laughs> I feel you, like you I have to. If yeah. that, when you have that moment, it's liberating. It really is. It's a, it's a beautiful thing and it's, um, you know, you can only be who you are, can't you? You can't, you can't be feeling bad about things all the time because I think it just, that leads to nowhere. So I really try and avoid that if I can. Mm. Go on the guilt trip. It's... Yeah, I, I think, well, so much of our society is based on, you know, not getting older and obviously none of us can escape that, unfortunately. Not unfortunately, it's just part of life. But there's a real gift in getting older and realising that you just don't give a shit about stuff that doesn't matter. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, absolutely. We get so bogged down in making ourselves feel bad about X, Y and Z or we're not doing enough, we're not doing this. Yeah. There's so many reasons to feel guilty. That's very liberating when you start to let go of that. Yeah. And it's just bit by bit, you know, little by little you just start to let go. You're like, oh, I don't need – that's not useful for me yeah. now in this moment. Yeah, what's that bringing to me in my life? Mm. That's exactly right. And, and I think it's the same with people, you know. Like I think you, you worry so much about – or you think about, you know, have you upset someone yes. or is someone mad at you or something? You just – it's such wasted energy. Mm. And more often than not, they're just having a bad day, you know. Like yes. it's, it's there's normally something on the other side, but we consume ourselves with those types of things. About, we think it's us. We think it's us. Like and and I really try to not do that because it's 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 not serving in any great way. So mm. um, that's come a lot with age. But I really wish people could do that earlier and 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 feel more sure about that. It's like it's, it sets you free. It really does. Mm. What are the biggest things that you try and teach your kids? Obviously, they're heavily involved in sport and coming from the background of their parents. But is it just about finding something that they're passionate about? Yep. Manners. Mm. Be kind. Be decent little humans. They're very independent, which is great. Sometimes I go back and forth. I don't want them too independent, but then I think I would rather it that way. You know, we do give them a lot of freedom in terms of and responsibility. That too has come out of having a large family. Sometimes we've, we've just had to, you know, mm. Ned probably gets away our eight-year-old with a lot more than the others would in terms of what we allow him to do. Oh, yeah. The youngest <laughs> always gets away with a lot. <laughs> I know. So it's – um, but as a result, he's a really well-adjusted, cheeky, but bloody cheeky, but, you know, he's a very responsible kid. Um, mm. So – yeah, just being good little humans, we want them to chase goals. We want them to, to make sure they give everything a go and they find things that they do get out of, wake up in the morning and go, I can't wait to get to footy or I can't wait to get to school. Whatever it is, that's what we really drive. And, and have a crack. Back yourselves. Work damn hard. You know, mm-hmm. If you're going to have those goals, you've got to work damn hard because it's not going to come to you. And um, surround yourself with really good people. Mm. That's probably the biggest thing, I, you know, that – I wish I had a learnt earlier, even though you know it's important, the value of your tribe, you know, you hear that yes. all the time, is invaluable. And, you know, it's um, we want our kids to, to do that. We try – our house is like a drop-in centre and we I wouldn't have it any other way because we like knowing who they're hanging around and, you know, meeting all their friends and seeing who their people are too because, you know, that's so valuable, so mm. important. But um, we just want to be good, kind. Healthy, happy kids. Mm. And if they happen to 
kick goals, you know, along the way, amazing. We get asked about the sport thing all the time. But yeah, I was going to say, of, I'm course, sure you of course, but, you know, everyone has a ceiling. I don't know what their ceiling is. Mm. And it's whatever that is, I hope they reach it. And it might be different for each one of them because that's such a good way of looking at it. It's, um, you know, I think that's what's disappointing for us as humans and as mm. people and whatever we're trying to achieve. If we can all just hit our ceiling, mm. you know, it, how could you not be happy with that? So that's a, that's a big one for us. That's awesome. I feel like I could chat to you all afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all settled in. I'll ask you one more question. Okay. Obviously you had to work really hard to try and get to that goal of, of reaching the Firebirds and maybe from the outside looking in that would have been the big achievement in your, in your sporting career. Yep. But I know as an athlete that, you know, my Olympic gold medals, like, yes, amazing. Yep. But there are moments behind the scenes or in, you know, smaller races that I'm most proud of. So I want to know from your sporting career, what is the thing that you're most proud of? Is there a moment? Is there a game? Is there a result? Um, yeah, you're exactly right. The Firebirds was obviously the pinnacle in terms of if you just looked at the picture. Mm. But I just love that I didn't give up prior to that. Mm. I think that was probably the biggest thing. And Were there moments that you could have given up? I know. Isn't that funny? Mm. Like I, the, I think the narrative you would – like if it was to be a storyline, then yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would be, I'm going to quit. But no, I just loved it. I mm. loved netball. I still love netball. And I I loved that they some people didn't think I was the right fit or not good enough or whatever it was. I thought, that's okay. It's okay, you know, because I'm going to do it anyway, you know. Like I so wanted to make my mum proud and I so – I think that was it. I think that was a really big drive for me was was – you know, my mum believed in me and my brothers and sister, my brother and sisters so much. And, you know, she had some really shitty things happen. And my dad died when I was three. And unfortunately, a second marriage, you know, after 27 years. And her outlook on life has always been so amazing. And I always just thought, you know, I want to make her happy. I want to make her proud. You know, she wow. deserves good things. And so I think just sticking to it, being able to do that, um, that's been amazing. And probably that, that, Twofold to that is that when I didn't get re-signed mm. and I didn't get to play on it, didn't play out the way I would have liked, I didn't, I didn't throw my toys out of the cot mm. because now I'm able to still be involved and still, you know, be having these great connections with people and, you know, teaching all the amazing things that I was lucky enough to learn from so many amazing people. I now get to pass that on and, mm. you know, help people show what they're capable of, both at netball and, and in other areas of my life. So I think that that is the true gift and that is the true pinnacle for me is that that refusal to give up has allowed me a life of rewards mm. for me and hopefully for the people around me. So I, I think... You know, you can, how can you be unhappy with that? That that is just gold, and I and I I wake up honestly feeling grateful every day, and it's so cliche, but I really, you know, we can all we all have a sad story. Mm. You know, we our lives can be painted in so many different ways depending on how you want to look at them. I will only ever feel grateful mm. for, for the people and the things that I've been afforded in my life, and um, yeah, I, I am I am truly grateful and. I hope our kids can do the same and know how lucky I feel to be their mum and 
to be doing what I do every day is purely, it's a pleasure. It really is. Katie, you're just remarkable. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're the best. Oh, no, it's, look, it's, yeah, it's, I'm, the, I'm, I'm really fortunate and, and I don't ever forget that at, at any point in time. So it's. Uh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you so much for taking your time today. It's oh, just, God. It's, um, everything that I could have hoped for. You're amazing. Oh, it's a joy. Oh, God, I'm feeling honoured. I bloody fangirled you for years. <laughs> Here I am sitting on your couch. <laughs> Woo! Yes. Think how proud mum's going to be now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love that. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Liv. I really hope you love today's show with Katie. She is just, I mean, I said it at the top of the show, but she is absolutely a ray of sunshine, just the most kind, positive, inspirational and motivational person that I've had the pleasure of meeting in the last couple of years. And yeah, I I just, I got so much out of that conversation. It just reminded me of why I started swimming back in the day and that just real love of sport and that drive and determination that comes with setting those goals and how inspiring and motivating that can be. I just, yeah, I think there's there's so many lessons in that conversation for, for everybody. Uh, so yeah, I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Like always, I would really appreciate a, a rate or a review, any feedback that you might have. Uh, if you have any ideas for people to interview, uh, make sure you slide into my DMs at All That Glitters Pod. Otherwise, I hope everyone has a lovely week and I'll chat to you then. Bye.